1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. I'm back from a very interesting pre-gaming scouting event, if you will, in Nashville. And I'm joined by the hardest working man in fantasy football. Matt Harmon. That's
1: what many people are saying. I uh, know. Liz, it's very good to have you back. I had a great time with uh, Eric at home last podcast, breaking down the uh, running backs. Um, but I'm looking forward to our talk on my favorite position today. Um, but I think you probably had more fun than I did uh, last week when you were in Nashville. In fact, uh, I, got text, <laughs> I got text to confirm it. But we'll keep that yeah. uh on the side podcast.
0: I am. Um, we don't have a side podcast. you are too busy yet. doing all the other Not ones.
1: Not yet, Liz. Soon enough, <laughs> um, you and I are just going to have the Harmon Loza show. Oh, look
0: whose name he put first. No surprise there.
1: Well, H comes before L in the alphabet. That's how you do things in the business.
0: Oh, you're telling me about the business The business, now? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm telling you about the business. Um, I'm going to give you some business in a <laughs> second. But anyway, the business that we are in is the fantasy football business. And we're talking more straight football, let's be honest, in this show. So we are going to get to the rookies. Matt and I, Matt's been very excited, I'm going to be honest. Like, I get crazy texts at 11 p.m. being like, you got to watch this guy. You and start it. So, <laughs> something about, like, brown rice and it just all, it all evolves. We'll get there. Um, But... We also have a voicemail that might get Matt and I fired. So remember, I said Matt and I putting his name first. Um, and Now my name comes first. We, uh, yeah, no no also, question about that. before we talk about the young receivers, have to talk about an old one, Demarius Thomas signs with the Patriots. Do we spend any time on this?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it, do we? I mean, we'll see if he makes the team. Okay, but my there whole thought
0: was like, yes, if he is playing in September, we'll discuss yeah, it. We'll but discuss like, I'm not sure then. he's going to get through like the middle of August.
1: Yeah, I mean... Guys, like a bajillion years old, isn't good anymore, and uh, ripped up his Achilles. Last we saw him.
0: Any time a quote washed player goes to the Patriots, right there's this like, well, oh, it's gonna, he's gonna reboot the system. This doesn't happen all the time, guys.
1: I mean, Reggie Wayne, perfect example. Sure. End of his career. Shadow Ochocinco. Yep. Yep. Josh Gordon. <laughs> Brandon Lloyd. We could keep going. Chris Hogan. Ooh,
0: sad. He, by the way. Let's talk about another old receiver. Chris Hogan got a new job with your uh, ish, your ish? Your ish.
1: Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't make the team because they draft somebody better. Or Rashad Ross, former AAF superstar. Rashad Ross. Nice. Beats him out. We'll see. I mean, Chris Hogan, fine. Whatever.
0: All right. right, So, Matt, you, as you have told us numerous times, have developed um, this... This I don't even know what to call it. This I don't. I don't know what
1: to call algorithm theory uh, manifesto. Liz, I notice that if I come into this podcast with like any sort of like chipperness or any sort, you're like immediately you don't like that. You'd rather me. Come, I don't. I don't know what what's the deal. You feel you. Feel, I'm trying ta- I'm ta- ta- to give some- you a
0: moment to plug
1: reception for something. But you said it. Yeah, but you say it in a way that's like you've told us a million times. I mean. Are you, are you not going to say that you've told us a million times? Well, I have told you about the uh, methodology. Reception, oh, methodology. Methodology. Reception, Sorry, you've only perception. told us 900
0: times. If it was a million, then I would have been able to remember the word methodology.
1: Boom. Well, a million and one times. Reception <laughs> perception, yes. Hashtag reception perception on Twitter you, where you can find a lot of charts and graphs I've been tweeting out of late. Oh, my gosh.
0: Anyway, so I'm going to ask you as the expert, do you believe this to be a, quote, good wide receiver class?
1: That depends on your what definition what of you mean good. by good. Yeah, because I do think it's a good wide receiver class. I think some people have said that the fact that there's no consensus number one wide receiver and the fact that there's so many varying opinions on who the top five players are, that that means it's not a good wide receiver class. I'd actually argue that, yeah, while it might not have a clear consensus future, all pro number one, 150 targets a year wide receiver in this group, It could still be a good wide receiver class because of the depth of it. I think there could very well be a run on wide receivers on day two of the draft Mm -hmm. at some point. Because I think it's where a lot of these guys are going to go. And frankly, that's been kind of the tone of the last few receiver classes. A lot of good contributors. You know, guys, I mean, think back to the 2017 draft, Liz, when Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, you know, those guys all go top five. And then it wasn't until, like, rounds two and three where we got guys like Juju and Chris Godwin and all these other players that have really turned into valuable contributors. I think it's that type of class th- just at the top of you guys. I think
0: this is a very high-floor class. Yeah. There are a lot of guys, like you said, who are projected to be number twos, solid contributors. There just isn't a... I mean, I'll admit, and I texted you this last night, I there hasn't been a single receiver that I've been like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's my guy. Like, yeah. that's my Anthony Miller. That is my Sterling Shepard. That's my immediate impact. Maybe not immediate impact in fantasy, but IRL yeah. football. Yeah. Immediate Makes impact player. Right. And um, I think the first player we're going to talk about has the potential to do that, though he is battling through a Liz Frank injury. So, That's concerning, especially for a speedster like Marquise Hollywood Brown. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, Marquise Brown, I think, has the best film of the non-big X receivers in this class. Because I I would—the great part about the wide receiver position is that there's so many different archetypes. or so many different boxes to put these guys in. You know, it's almost fruitless to compare a— hollywood brown to a hakeem butler they're just so mm-hmm. different they're going to play the position so differently what's the point they're going to fill a different need exactly so i think if you are it like and that's the funny thing people get bent out of shape about draft boards like um bob mcginn just put his you know this is the top 10 consensus of the nfl scouts and gms this is a wide receiver ranking the consensus of that that i've of the people i've talked to people are all bent out of shape about that but what you got to remember is that Teams rank things based on what they need. So if you don't need a big X receiver, Hakeem Butler's probably going to be pretty low on your board. So I, I like to think of it differently in terms of those two positions and, and even well be, You could break that into different archetypes. We won't go that deep, but Hollywood Brown to me, I think, is the best film of the non big X receivers in this draft class. Uh, I think he's obviously explosive, right? I, I mean, I have, probably
0: the most explosive prospect in this year's class yes no question
1: and but I also think he sells his routes well I think he's a good technician the question is obviously size um Liz he's 166 pounds at the combine right uh, so that's
0: not his real weight. That's not his real weight right. because
1: he's coming off, as you mentioned, a Liz Frank injury. And if, if any of you out there have ever had major surgery, it's not uncommon to, fl- to have your weight fluctuate, lose weight, honestly, like 10 pounds, 8 pounds, whatever. Like that's going to happen. So to me, I think he's – I view him as more of a 170, 175-pound player. And that's Deshaun Jackson.
0: That is his comp. Yeah. It is song Jackson. Where would you, and I think you've mentioned it, um, immediate explosiveness, deep speed, numerous gears, right? To me, that's the interesting thing. He's not just someone like John Ross, who is a, I would say for the most part, deep speed, but that that's it. There's no like yeah. moving between the gears, just an automatic transmission to continue in the car analogy. But he can find different paces and quickness within having deep and long speed, Um, I also like the angles he takes. I, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And he uses his size, frankly, to an advantage in those situations because he is smaller. He can make some of these DBs tumble a little bit more. And I like that, I think. And his tape really does pop. You're totally yeah. right. You watch it and there's no way that you're watching it by yourself and you're not going, Whoa! Oh, yeah, exactly. like, what? Yeah. You know, like there are moments that you definitely freak out. Um, his Production was potentially, and we'll find this out at the next level, right, inflated because he had two pretty dynamic quarterbacks throwing him the ball with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, who we've talked about. Um, He wasn't able to participate in the combine because of the Liz Frank injury. But for the most part, to me, he is my number one ranked wide receiver of this year's class.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody can argue with that. He could potentially be the only one that goes in round one. I think Uh, you're right. And where do you think he goes? I think he's probably outside the top 20 picks. So that leads me to think a team like Philadelphia. I've seen him mocked there um, as mm. the Deshaun Jackson era apparent. I yeah. mean, I saw Daniel Jeremiah put that in his – that was the only wide receiver that he's – and he said that this could very well happen is that he's the only wide receiver to go in round one. And he mocked him to the Eagles. I immediately responded with the two Spider-Man memes, you know. Yeah, good and, one. Uh, I mean, Listen, I was – my entire morning's worth of work. So – that's a spot to me. I could also see him land with the Raiders, um, who have because three bro- first-round. picks. Well, pick. we should
0: also mention his cousin is, is Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown and-
1: yeah. I could also see him. I've seen people say, and maybe maybe the scarring is too deep te- deep there, but what about Pittsburgh?
0: Nah, I, I think Kansas City is a team yep. that people aren't mentioning, one. especially if you note Tyreek Hill's legal issues. Yeah. He's undergoing his second domestic violence uh, investigation. Yeah. He did report with the team, so we'll see. But, I mean— if you listen to Hollywood Brown talk, he notes Tyreek Hill and obviously A.B. as two of the receivers he most fashioned his game after. And I think that the Tyreek Hill comp is pretty applicable. Um, I, I think Deshaun Jackson is better. I also wouldn't mind him going to Baltimore to replace the John Brown vacancy that did seem to help.
1: I just think Lamar Jackson, I maybe selfishly, I don't want to see him go there because um, Lamar's got so much work to do as a downfield There is a receiver outside? I like
0: more, my top oh. guy, but we'll we'll go. But I do think, okay. I mean, if you're looking for needs, because we talked about that, right? Yeah. Like, there are needs. John Brown isn't in Baltimore anymore. They need some speed on that squad. And we don't know what's going to happen to Tyreek.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I like that. Also, don't rule out uh, if he slips to the second round. The Buccaneers, because I know they just sent Deshaun Jackson sure. packing. And Bruce Arians, we know he loves the small speed wide receivers. He's yeah. developed guys like T.Y. Hilton, John Brown, not so much. Uh, J.J. Nelson. And when he when he really, that was like Bruce really trying to flex, you know, of like, oh, I can take any small speed wide receiver and turn him into a player. J.J. Nelson, not so much. So, I, I think that's a possibility, too. We know that uh, they tr- that he even tried to t- talk to Sean Jackson into coming back. Um, And, uh, you know, we know that there's a lot of weapons there, but that's one we could see happen.
0: Let's move on, because I think let's let's talk about who I think was ranked number one right after the combine. Yes. But since has fallen a little bit because people are, I don't know, watching his tape and the four routes he can run. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about here?
1: I think you're talking about one uh, DK Metcalf.
0: That is true. So. True story. Matt and I went out to a bar what, last week. It's all blurring. Two weeks ago. It's all and hard to say. I had my draft notebook with me. And Matt ripped it out of my hand.
1: That's not <laughs> that accurate at all. He
0: grabbed it. <laughs> no. And he looked under DK Metcalf and he's like, what do you have written about DK Metcalf? And I had written all go routes, which is kind of my problem with this guy. Like, yes, he's an athletic. For, let's talk about the upside, right? The upside is... You've seen the pictures. I mean, specimens.
1: <laughs> are... Just a carved marble hunk Ooh, of sex. I yeah. mean, unbelievable. Well, I, I didn't... Come on guys, save it for the voicemail. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the last part. It's coming. Part. It's coming.
0: Yes. He he is something that Michelangelo himself might have sculpted. Should we say that much? Mm. And he athletically is w- w- like incredible measurables. But that three cone, though.
1: right? Which I think is emblematic of who he is as a player. Sure. I think he's a little stiff. Sure. So you
0: 99% spark athlete.
1: Yeah. I mean he's That's crazy. He's wild. Yeah. I mean the the go the go routes everything that as you mentioned is definitely So here's my here's my player comparison for him. I think he's Des Bryant. Yeah, you said this. I don't I don't. So I think people misremember Dez as what he was at the end of his career, which was a guy that could never get open and was only a jump ball receiver. Because when I used to tweet out mentioning reception perception, like that Dez in his final year with Dallas fell below the 10th percentile success rate versus man press coverage. And that's why I didn't think any team would be jumping to sign him when he got cut by the Cowboys. Sure enough, that was Correct. Because he couldn't get open anymore. But and people would reply, well, Des was always a jump ball guy. Why would that matter? I'm like, No, no, no. You're misremembering mm-hmm. who Des Bryant was because Des could create separation, not because he was a good nuanced route runner that could run the full route tree. But Des was tough as hell off the line of scrimmage, great at getting off a jam and was great because of his physical skills at separating on slants, on curls, on go routes, on post routes. And that was about it. But he was an elite separator there because of his physical ability. And I could see DK Metcalf, if strictly used correctly, because I think DK is really good off the line of scrimmage. I think he's great when he can get his hands on you, all that sort of stuff. So I I think he can be that Des Bryant type of player. Not going to win with nuance, but can do more than just jump ball receivers. I
0: agree that he's not going to win with nuance, but he also has much more speed than Des Bryant uh, oh, did, sh- sure, right? Sure. So I think sometimes the things that you have, we talked about Drew Locke using his arm as a crutch, right? So I think sometimes you can use speed as a crutch, right? And because Des didn't have that speed, he had to work the physicality a little bit more. And I'm not sure DK works the physicality so much as he works the speed. He has the strength, but I don't know if he's working the strength mm. if, if that Kind of makes sense. I do think he could be an incredible red zone weapon. Um, his timing is not great. Like if he, oh no, you know no, like no, there's a lot, there's a lot there that is so exceptional, and then a lot there that's limiting the ceiling. I do think at his ceiling, and Eric Edholm comped this, so I'll give him credit for it. At his ceiling, he is Josh Gordon or has some of those on-the-field attributes. At his floor, and I do think this is a player where you either fall in love with his ceiling or you fear his his floor, which I think is very Kevin White-ish.
1: Sure. I mean, Kevin White, that's a legit worry for sure. And very similar. Great combine, only lined up on one side of the field which is an issue for wide receivers coming out of college. I've talked about before and yeah, limited route training. I, mean, I could totally see that as his floor. I think I'm aware of the floor, but even if he doesn't get to his ceiling, I think that what he's going to bring from a big play perspective is going to be really worth it. And someone just actually just asked me before we started recording, like, what do you think? Do you think DK Metcalf is going to be good? I'm like, ask, let me, let me tell you once I see who drafts him. Cause I,
0: that's an excellent point. I mean, that's
1: an excellent point of all of this. I mean, wh- so Who do we have in play? I will say
0: that I used to talk about Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is legit trying to fill that Martavis Bryant role Mm -hmm. that had existed. I mean, there's lots of holes in Pittsburgh now, but that one in particular. And um, I think if Arizona were to trade back, that's where Kevin White is now. (laughs) So this would be, you know, the less insured version.
1: How about Green Bay? I've seen him mocked there at the end of round one. He, they already have a true number. How are you? How are you giving me the squeamish they, face they on need, that?
0: I mean, there's a lot in Green Bay going on right now. Yes. So, would it make sense for management, since they don't have a technical team owner, to pick one of the most debated wide receivers right now? And they, I would mean, they need a slot guy. Like, there's so many high floor players, sure. and you just had an incredible expose done on your locker room.
1: They, they do have. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who played a little bit out of the slot in his, in his rookie year. Maybe that's not his most natural position, but I think with all those guys, you know, they have equanimity St. Brown too. Devontae Adams are talking about using as a potential slot receiver at times, and well, that would open up things for DK Metcalf if they were to move yeah.
0: Devontae Adams
1: inside, more. and they don't need to move him inside all the time but no. to do a little bit of like Keenan Allen, Michael sure. Thomas with him, because they already have a truly elite wide receiver in Devontae Adams, and then they add this guy to the mix. That's the type of situation where I could really see him thriving as as a high end big play number two.
0: Okay, I want to talk about Nikhil Harry. Let's do That's it. we talking about so yeah, I say like, you don't like him that much. Uh,
1: I don't think that I dislike him. But I think um I it just totally again depends on the role he's going to play because I think he has to function as a juju late career Larry Fitzgerald big slot receiver flanker hybrid. I don't want to see Nikhil Harry out there as ex receiver, sure facing press coverage. But I just hope that the right team, like because this is so funny. This is what I I feel like I said this to. To Brett and Eric on the last podcast. I said it to our good pal, Ravi, a uh, social producer. Like, the funny thing about draft analysis is that, like, we're going to sit here and talk about these players. And, like, this might be, like, the last time we ever mention them on a fantasy podcast for 90% of them. It's true at the running back position and it's true at the wide receiver position, too. Because, some, like, for guys like Juju and Cooper Cup, two perfect examples that I think if they'd gone to any other team, like, if Cooper Cup went to the, you know, the damn Bills or something, would but this have, is
0: research. I mean, that's what research is about. We are sure. studying the puzzle pieces to see if they will fit.
1: And that's what I'm saying. I, I just think that if if Nikhil Harry goes to a team that identifies what he is and uses him correctly, I think he is going to have a good, long career. I just think he's also the type of player that could easily be misidentified because... Well, that is depressing.
0: If you and I can identify what he does well, or I guess this
1: is maybe our ego speaking then, I mean, then yeah. I would
0: have to believe that Seattle knows that he could be the next Doug Baldwin.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen people mock him to Seattle and like... I love it. I like him. Yeah, yeah. No, I like I like Nikhil Harry, too. Look, I think there, the positives outweigh the negatives, especially because we've seen other players with those exact same type of negatives that have been worked around before. I mean, that's the beauty of the wide receiver position, position today is the fact that offenses are so spread out and are so multiple that... Guys like Nikhil Harry, who might have been flops 10 years ago because they can't get off press coverage as outside receivers, there's a lot more possibilities with them now.
0: But they could grow into possession receivers that games evolve all at Allen Robinson.
1: Yeah, that's true. Sure. I. I but Allen Robinson, I think, is... is so you a, have a massive
0: crush on him. He's so. also
1: a a great route runner that gets off the line of scrimmage really well, whereas I don't see that at all from Nikhil so Harry. So my,
0: my take on Nikhil Harry... Is that he is more effective than inspiring and more assertive than aggressive? Okay, right. So he's he's a solid B. You know, like sometimes te- t- teams can't be full of these high ceiling Tory Smith type Tory players. Smith. Like, <laughs> Ugh. I mean, but <laughs> of if they, all the high ceiling players,
1: <laughs> Tory freaking Smith.
0: Well, you talk about like a guy who does one thing really yeah, right, well right, at yeah, the beginning yeah, of his yeah. career, especially in yeah. Baltimore. Like, you know, so I I. I'm finding in this class that I am having a lot of love for the people who just do their job. Yeah. And I think Nikhil Harry, to your point, if he is allowed to do his job, he will do it exceptionally well. Elevate an entire offense or work as a security blanket for an offense.
1: I liked Nikhil Harry a lot more until I found the better version of him in this draft class. Who do you want to talk about then? A.J. Brown. Yeah, sure. A.J. Brown. I had him
0: up next. And I do have him ahead of Harry in my rankings. So, I think
1: he's he could be my number one receiver in this draft class. Because I think he's the he's highest the safest. Floor. Yeah, he's yeah. the safest. Like I of all of these guys, I think everybody has a, le- a few layers of questions, you know. Um, but AJ Brown to me is the one I I think easily translates to the NFL because Nikhil Harry is kind of a a a question in terms of transition from his college position to like a big slot receiver. AJ Brown was already that, that big thing, slot yeah. receiver, and also I like him going against press coverage on, you know, 30, 35% of his route something like that. I think he does have good release moves. He's a player that, like, if he lands with the Colts as their big slot, oh, hell yeah, you know? There's a lot of good potential landing spots. I think he fits any – him and Hollywood Brown, I think, fit any offense and, and would make it better.
0: Oh, I think you're missing one, who is, again, my favorite. We'll get to him though. Okay. Um, but I think when I watched A.J. Brown play, the word that I kept coming up with is poise. Like yeah. his whole game has poise. He has poison. He doesn't look like a college kid out on the field. He agree. looks um, looks like a pro. His technique is better. His yep. polish is better. So I agree with you. His boundary awareness. I also, that's another thing that I feel like Michael Thomas had excellent boundary awareness and people aren't really discussing that. The body control and uh, ability to get his toes down when it matters is huge. If you can master that now, if you're coming into the NFL with that sort of
1: FBI if you will. See, I think the, like, that would be a good comparison for A.J. Brown as a Michael Thomas-like player. I actually comped him to Cameron Meredith. I have Juju um, Smith-Schuster. Yeah, that's, that's one that people say and a And I have too. a little
0: Anquan Bolden in here.
1: Sure. No, I, I think that's very the way he plays tough and physical. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfect Anquan Bolden. I mean, hell, there's a reason we're talking about D.K. Metcalf being such a freak show, but Ole Miss still decided to run the offense through this guy. He's the better receiver.
0: And he can stay healthy.
1: Yep, that too. I mean, Wonderably yeah, he, I love A.J. Brown. I think he's, if he goes, he so Baltimore, I think they should take a player like A.J. Brown because I think Lamar Jackson is such a better middle of the field passer than he is an outside the numbers passer that if you get a guy who can really crush the middle of the field, and maybe, and Nikhil Harry, you could say same thing, but A.J. Brown, again, I think is a better version of that.
0: Sure. I don't have issue with that. I do want to talk about now my favorite receiver. Okay. I wonder, I want you to guess it, actually.
1: Well, last night we talked about Debo a little, or was yeah, that two nights ago? that is was it, last night. Is it Debo? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you sell me?
0: I love watching him play. Like, <laughs> I love that his, do you know where his nickname comes from?
1: No. If so I do, I forget.
0: he, his real name is, oh goodness, it's like, I have it, I have it. Um, it's Taishan. Taishan. Yeah, wow. his, his real name is Tyshin, but his dad gave him the nickname Debo after the character, that tough guy character in Friday. <laughs> because, because Debo just didn't take any guff from anybody. I'm sure he always uses the word guff, too. Sure. But I think that shows up on the field. My least favorite draft like trope is isn't afraid to get his face in the fan. Ew. But I do think that's how Debo Samuels plays. Like he He just has a lot of grit to his play. Whenever the ball is in his hands, he makes things happen. This is a stat per at home 217 college touches, 28 touchdowns, 16 as a receiver, seven as a runner, four on 42 kickoff returns, and one on a fumble return after a muffed punt snap, and two as a passer. So that's the other thing. This guy's versatility is mm-hmm. incredible. You want jet sweeps. You want to move him out of the backfield. You want to. He does look like a little fire hydrant on the outside, but you can put him on the outside. A Fire hydrant. <laughs> you know, you he's a, another one of these like fearless over the middle slot guys. I love that you can use him at as a, like a, a Z at the next level yeah. chess piece mm-hmm. all over the field. I. Think he's the better version of James Washington, who everybody was gaga over last year and did nothing because his, because he's not fast and not explosive. This guy is like that in the reverse, honey, I shrunk the kids. Like, whatever, whatever, he's been super powered. He, he counts his own game to golden tape. Also, he called Bill Belichick Billy. He was like, yeah, I visited the Patriots. Holla at me, Billy. That kind of swag. (laughs) I'm in love. I'm totally in love. Dig it. Would love, him, love to see him go in the second round to your San Francisco 49ers. That would be fun. Or if he falls to New Orleans with, I mean, I think they only have like four picks in this draft or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, But number 62 overall in the second round, they have a spot. I would love to see him go there too because I think that New Orleans squad could use a dependable, tough receiver. Durability, obviously an issue though with this guy. Lots of history Hamstring of issue. soft tissue issues. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think the versatility you bring up is um, a great point. Uh, I think both those teams, New Orleans and San Francisco, have stated with their actions and their words that they want versatility out of their wide receiver course. So those are good two good spots by you to mention. Devo Samuel, to me, I, that was, yeah, when I watched him, I was like, yeah, I don't see this guy being the best slot receiver in this class. I don't see this guy being the best flanker receiver in this class, but I see him being one of the better utility role player types. Um I sent you this, and I wrote this in an article too that to me, I would use him much in the same way the Patriots use chris hogan i don 't think he's the same type of player as Chris Hogan, obviously, especially after the catch there's you know no comparison there, but Hogan, because of that versatility, we saw him at one point be their deep threat, you know as their ex receiver the year before Brandon Cooks arrived. then that year that Julian Edelman went out, we saw him become like their big slot receiver. I see Debo Samuel being that type of player that. I think he really only runs a handful of routes. Well, I think he struggles with anything that requires more than just one quick break. I think he struggles with, and that was the same type of player as as Hogan is to me. So he's
0: got branches, not stems.
1: Correct. Yes. Um, So I think that, yeah, he's going to be a very good role player for a long time, and and would make a make an offense better. And again, I see him moving around all over the field, well, a la Hogan.
0: I think that the a la Hogan in terms of usage is interesting, especially since the Patriots have reached out and he did visit there. So maybe you are onto something.
1: Another team that values versatility in their wide receiver core. Sure.
0: Well, this next player I don't think is so versatile as he is more of a utility type player. You guys share a name. Ah going to talk about it. My him.
1: cousin, Kelvin. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I watched his tape, but I fell asleep in the middle of it, so.
1: Yeah, no, he's the, like the opposite of flashy. He's the quinoa of the wide receiver <laughs> class. Nobody eats quinoa because it's like, huh, let me get some of that good, tasty quinoa in me, you know? No. They eat it because it's nutritious. It's a simple carb. It's good for you.
0: You can replace rice no, it's with a it.
1: complex carb. I'm sorry. It's a it's complex carb, right? It complex is complex. It's more com- fiber. So. Complex is the good one. I always forget that because you think simple, whatever. But no, yeah, anyway, it's a good complex carb. Good for you. Nutritious. And I think that's the same way Kelvin Harmon is, is that he's boring. He's fla- He's not flashy at all. But I do think he will make an offense better as an X receiver in this class because I see him... I see him being a pretty underrated as, off the line of scrimmage. I think he has several different release moves that would make him an option to get off press coverage. But I don't see him being a foundation wide receiver at all. I, I would see him being like, think about think, think about this. Actually, Ed and I talked about, a little bit about this just briefly on last week's podcast. because We were talking about the Sterling Shepard extension. I would like to see him in a wide receiver core like the Giants. It has two guys. Like Shepard and Tate who can play flank or play slot, alternate between the two, but have just this gaping hole that X receiver, mm-hmm. and, you know, that like last year they're throwing out Cody Latimer. He's, he's like a net negative.
0: So when you say X, though, I mean, like I think X like team leader X. No. To no, me, I, he's much more of a possession outside guy. Yes. Not but a the, Des Bryant X. I mean, I know that there are definitions and stuff, but like he does. He's just not.
1: No, no, he's not a number one receiver at all. That's not what I mean to say. But I think he's a guy that would be and this is another team. The Giants, perfect example. They want to run a short field offense because they can only operate on one square of the field with Eli Manning for the next three years, by the way. Every year, every week we could talk about some ah. shit about the Giants. And here's this week. They want to do it for three more years with Eli. Three years.
0: Work. Man, me will get invited to his fortieth.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, you got something to look forward to mm. there, Liz. Um, oh my goodness. Anyways, so. Where I do you think
0: you would have it? New Orleans?
1: That would be fun. Who cares? I would, couldn't imagine. I would so go. Couldn't All ima- the hot sauce. Couldn't imagine a party that I want to go to less than Eli Manning's 40th birthday <laughs> party.
0: <laughs> Wear your khakis.
1: Yeah. Don't forget your cargo shorts. Uh, it's hot in the summer. I don't know when his birthday is. Do you know when his birthday is? I know. Brett, do you know when his birthday is? But I do like what cargo second. shorts on January 3rd. Do you really? I do. 1981. January yeah. 3rd. Oh, so he, he's barely a millennial. He's born 10 years before me anyways so Kelly, <laughs> why Hart- do you have
0: issues with cargo shorts though
1: because ah, they look dorky have what, you do you ever need- worn shorts? what do you need what do you need yeah i've worn shorts oh, okay. i don't wear shorts to work i'm a professional okay.
0: <laughs> i don't know i think cargo shorts are kind of
1: nah. what do you, need-, what you need yes because you're into dads i mean you know <laughs> you have a husband who's a dad you're into eli manning who's a dad you you've you've you're not the demographic that I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't. You. You look at a man in cargo shorts. You're like, gosh. Think of all the. I wonder what his credit score is. Think of all the stuff he could carry in there. I mean,
0: <laughs> you could put my clutch you in can, exactly. Yeah. You could
1: put my. I this has a multi-tool there just in case. Yeah, he's probably one of those weirdos that carries a pocket knife around just in case something happens. No, cargo shorts are for dorks. What do you, you don't need that. You don't need. Oh, all so these pockets. Calvin
0: Harmon is definitely not a. Swiss Army or pocket knife sort of player. Let's get back to the task at hand. He is quinoa, as you mentioned. And are you talking when he's playing on the outside, not as a number one, but more as more of a possession security, sort of advancing the ball. Chain yeah, mover.
1: Think about Marvin Jones is a, a perfect example of a guy that is an X. He plays X ex- receiver sure. for the Detroit Lions. He is not a number one. receiver. No, he's the guy who lines up on the line of scrimmage against he often t- I mean Kenny
0: Galladay's been doing it so often so
1: yeah because when Marvin Jones was hurt over the last the half time. of the season yeah. yeah no I look I'm not a Marvin Jones truther there are other Marvin Jones truthers out there but the, the term ex-receiver is the guy who it, it lines up on the line can't move around pre-snap and that is who Marvin Jones is and that's why he often faces press coverage and there's a couple things that Marvin Jones does well he wins contested that's passes the wrong
0: bangle bad it's Mohammed Sanu. It's not Marvin Jones. Yeah, but
1: but Mohammed Sanu is a big slot receiver at this point in his career. And, and has been for most of his career. And I don't think that Kelvin Harmon, maybe he could, maybe he could end up being that type of big slot receiver, but I see him more as a guy that is going to be that X. Because I think he is good at releasing off the line and he's good in contested situations. And Marvin Jones is basically the same type of player. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Marvin Jones, but he could be that pseudo Again, not number one receiver, but starting outside X guy.
0: So I went down a, a weird rabbit hole that Kelvin Harmon induced, mostly because our colleague Matt Matt Waldman, who does the rookie scouting report, RSP, which is a phenomenal resource. Portfolio, and, but yeah. OK. Um, it's a phenomenal <laughs> saw, resource.
1: RSR, it's RSP. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> you said scouting report, but oh, okay, yeah, it's easy to.
0: Um, he is bananas for this guy. And I I was like, I must be missing something because if if Matt Waldman says something, he did a whole video thing on him. Uh. So (laughs) if Matt Matt Waldman says something, I trust and respect him enough to listen twice. So in watching some of what Waldman had put forth and also watching more of Harmon's tape, I started thinking about Miles Austin and then I started watching Mm. Miles Austin tape wow which led me throwback thursday through, right which led me through a weird time machine and i think he does have a lot of miles austin because he can win after the catch not for extended amounts of yards right but he can like he Break won't stop fighting yeah. right and um miles austin now an offensive assistant for the san francisco 49ers
1: my 49ers yeah
0: so I, I think that that would be a nice place for Calvin Harmon. to. Yeah,
1: learn. they could play. He could play the X. Marquise Goodwin becomes the flanker and Dante mm-hmm. Pettis plays the slot and sure. Pettis actually can move around all over the field. So, yeah, that's I mean, I hope the 49ers take some receiver in the second round for sure. Yes, because uh, they need to the help there. After Now the Pierre Garçon is gone.
0: So if Calvin Harmon is our quinoa, then Hakeem Butler, Oh,
1: I want to hear your thoughts on Hakeem Butler. This is the most polarizing player in the NFL draft because there are people like Matt Waldman, who has him as his number one wide receiver. Josh Norris, oh, Evan Silva. He's not my number one. I, did, I didn't think he would be, but there are people that have him as the clear number one wide receiver in this class. There are other people, like Daniel Jeremiah, who don't even have him in his top five He's not prospects. in my top five. Don't have, Lance DeLine, I think, has him at like wide receiver eight. I think Bob Begin, that NFL composite list, whatever, has him at like wide receiver eight. So... This is this is the most polarizing player in the class. But, Liz, I've been dying to know what you think of him. People I, compare him to A.J. Green. A.J. Green, Liz, which is to me offensive because A.J. Green is – he's like an untouchable comp to me because A.J. Green is the epitome of freak athlete but also detailed technician as well. I mean he has not just the athleticism but the skills of the game to match. And I don't – I mean
0: – I have him outside of my top five. I don't think he's A.J. Green. I actually, my notes are fascinating as I'm going back over them. Um, Comp, I have a bunch of question marks and maybe Plaxico Burris written down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's exactly what I wrote. Feels like he's either playing with his body or his head, but never together as a single unit. Almost feels distracted when he's on the field. Has the body slash frame, but not the polish. Needs to build momentum, so not a dizzying player. Feels like there's a lot of wasted motion to his game.
1: I can see that. Um
0: That was that was all of my take.
1: He is is a great catch radius, big frame, has drop issues. Yep. Yep, that's a big problem. Nine
0: in twenty seventeen and twelve in twenty eighteen. And,
1: and you know, if people have followed me for a long time, they know I I don't care so much about the drops. Um I think that can be if you offer something beyond that, I, I think drops are overrated in terms of the wide receiver scouting in general. I wrote a whole piece about that years ago. Uh check it out, Backyard Banter, if you want to. But I don't care so much about that with Hakeem Butler. What I care about is I I think he's inconsistent releasing off the line of scrimmage against press, which again, talk about AJ green. That's what AJ green is phenomenal at. Um, I think that he shows a lot of potential with that massive catch radius. Like he can get his hands on balls, other that. doesn't get you points though. You need to pull them in. No, for sure. I'm just saying the potential is there for him. To me, watching him, I thought he's like Devin Funches. And sure. I know Devin Funches, like right now, is doesn't have a great reputation. And I know early in his career, Devin Funches didn't have a good reputation. But in 2017, I think that's the type of ceiling that you could see from a a like a Devin Funches type. I mean a Hakeem Butler to Devin Funches in that sense, because that year was, I think, his best year as a separator. I think it was his year where he was the most assertive and aggressive at the catch point. And I think if those two things come together for Hakeem Butler, that's the type of ceiling he has as a player is a really good starting outside X receiver better than, you know, a Kelvin Harmon, who I think is a safer projection. But Butler to me, yeah, I'd, I mean, I wanted to see this clear number one wide receiver but i just i don't at all i mean i i I see the 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 flashes i see potential but i was shocked that his
0: blocking is real good
1: yeah no he's he's physical he's assertive
0: yeah but again i i also have just like leaks energy needs to be more economical like he's a big guy who flails and big guys don't flail often
1: and i think that that some people will see that and say that that's you know he's very fluid he's very which again fluid is not flailing. I, th- I think some people don't know what they're watching sometimes. I don't know. But well, like, but I was sh- I was shocked to see, like, Waldman say that he gave him, like, the highest grade he's ever given a wide receiver. I mean, he's
0: probably in a really good mood when he watched the tape.
1: He, maybe he was in a really good mood. Also, because I do think that if Butler flops as an outside receiver, he's another guy that could maybe bump inside to the slot as a big guy there. And I think Waldman has said that his rankings are very, you know, versatility matters a lot. So maybe that's part of it. But... Yeah, I mean, just this this guy that's like a clear number one receiver in this class. I definitely did not see it that way. I see him as a guy that you take on in the second round, the third round, whatever, and um, could certainly develop in a way like Devin just Take a couple years to, to to come on, and when he does, he would give you a very good X receiver. So where would
0: you most like to see him go?
1: Ugh, I don't know. Um, I he's one that I, I I'm not sure. I think that a team, you know, that needs an outside receiver that would. So, Buffalo,
0: of, if they're done with Zay, the Jones uh, project has yeah, ended.
1: Sure. I um,
0: mean, you, when you have a quarterback that throws high and wild with some accuracy issues, and you have the potential, this contested catch potential, and you think you can. Fix the inconsistency so that he's actually converting on some of those high value targets and becomes the red zone weapon. I mean that is a nice fit for Josh Allen's skill set.
1: What about Pittsburgh for him?
0: I mean everybody's going to Pittsburgh. Like we're all comping people well, to Pittsburgh because <laughs> they need all these dang receivers. Like, they do,
1: but and they, but they, I think they need an outside X receiver. So someone like him, Washington. Yeah, but he won't develop there. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was the same when you said Buffalo. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I do
0: think that Sean McDermott thinks. His his vision for the team and that front office's vision for the team is not the same as ours.
1: Seattle's another place that I guess I could see Butler going, um, because they do need wide receiver help, and neither Lockett nor he's a good blocker.
0: Doug Baldwin, like we talked about, I mean, sure. All right who who do you wanna who do you wanna talk you want to talk about some lesser known guys? Sure, and
1: let's talk about the best receiver in this class,
0: Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin, yeah. Um, I'm gonna just say, go for it. I. I kind of don't like when Harmon says. I mean, like, I like it as a friend. Like you and I, I, I like you.
1: <laughs> sometimes I'm not so sure. No, no,
0: we are we are friends, and so sometimes Matt will be like, "Dude, you gotta you gotta watch this tape, or you gotta
1: you gotta check out this receiver. I think you're gonna like him." And
0: and I will say that Matt does know my taste by now. He's he's pretty astute.
1: Wide receivers and Eli Manning. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true,
0: and so I don't like dads. By the way, like if you have picked up on anything, it's not that.
1: I was doing it for the bit.
0: Okay. (laughs) So so I will say that sometimes I'm almost disappointed when he's 100% correct. I went into watching because I was like, damn, like, because you've already planted your flag in Miles Boykin. Like, I will give you credit before anybody else. Yes, he had a crazy combine. And so everybody's like, what is this guy who is this like incredible spark athlete about? Matt Harmon has been pounding the table for this kid out of Notre Dame. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Equus, name St. Brown already. He just took that place. His production was the same. <laughs> Give me a break. It is nearly th-
1: similar production.
0: yeah." And so then when I actually watched the tape, I was like hooting and hollering like, like Whoa! oh, my God, look at him. He catches everything. Like I was um, and I was like, damn it, Harmon. Like now. But it's yours. Like you you've already put your flag in the guy. So go for yeah, it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think of the. Like when I watch Hakeem Butler versus when I watch Miles Boykin, not even close, I like Boykin better. He's the best receiver off the line of scrimmage to me. Like of all these guys that we're talking about that could defeat press coverage, he has the best release moves in this class. Among the big wide receivers where I said Hollywood Brown has the best film of the smaller guys – Boykin has the best film sure. of the bigger guys. If there's one area where I think he, look, I could go superlatives for days, you know, big explosive fluid mover sets guys up after the catch sets guys up in routes, runs every route really well. I see him potential as an out route runner, as a comeback runner, as a curl route runner. He can do it all to me. I think he can be, he's going to be the steal of the draft. If he goes late round two, early round three. I love it. The one area where I guess I I could see him getting better. And This actually is a criticism I had of your boy, Kenny Galladay, after year one. That's my comp. Because it makes a lot that of damn sense. Because we're yep. really, really, really f- smart, Liz. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is exactly um, what I've written down. Who I love. Also, and NIU, this kid's from Illinois as well.
1: This is true. So, well,
0: originally from Illinois College. I said this in is true
1: like as if I knew that, and I definitely did not. But sure, it's From Liz, Tinley you, Park, you, Illinois. Awesome. Love it. You're correct. I definitely didn't know that before just now. Anyway, so... One area that I thought Kenny Galladay wasn't great after his rookie year, and I think Miles Boykin could have proven this area too. Both these guys are big receivers that that don't extend well off frame for passes. Like Kenny Galladay to me, I thought always had the potential. I see the flashes with Miles Boykin as well. But the one thing, and I think this bears out in reception perception too, because it always kind of stuck in my craw that he had a, Kenny Galladay had a really poor contested catch rate as a rookie in the games that I sampled for him. And I was like, yeah, he's a big receiver. He he separates fine for a big receiver, but this should be his thing. Year one to year two, I thought he had one of the best contested catch seasons I've ever seen last year, Kenny Galladay in his second year. And and Miles Boykin, I think, is if he takes that next step, too, could do what Kenny Galladay has done. And that's become a low-end number one wide receiver for the Detroit Lions.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think your notes on him are incredibly adept. I wrote play strength doesn't match his metrics. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't look strong on tape, Um, and then wilts when pressed.
1: Yeah, I I would just I would disagree a little bit with that because I think he's. But but I think he maybe if when he loses, I think that there's not a lot of. He's not like DK Metcalf where he's going to beat the hell out of you. Yeah, but I think he has. The footwork and the release moves sure. to get away from press before it becomes an issue. So I guess I could see it from that perspective. But he was the one receiver that, as you mentioned earlier, it was him and Hollywood Brown are the only two that I've been like, yeah, these guys really grabbed me.
0: I'd like to see him do more more yak too, I think after the catch. That's what I mean that he wilts. Like he doesn't he doesn't break many times I mean no. he can get around defenders, yeah. but he can't get through them.
1: That's very fair.
0: Um and I again have him comp to go to Pittsburgh. So yeah. well,
1: there you go. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Everybody Congrats. wants to go to Pittsburgh. So talk about a receiver getting off the line of scrimmage, Liz.
0: J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, man.
1: (laughs) What do you think? What did you think about him? I mean, he's a big contested catch guy. 40
0: contested catches. Nice high floor player out of Stanford.
1: Sure. I think he's another one that's pretty polarizing. People don't like him at all. Others really, really like him. I think he's fine. I think it comes uh, hashtag centrist. Centrist Harmon comes down uh, on in the middle somewhere on him. There, I think he's actually better as a route runner than people give him credit for. But that rebounding skill, I think, is his clear trump card.
0: Sure, I agree with that. Um, let's move forward. Kind of do these last few guys quickly because these are going to be we're not we're not these. I I would doubt that the majority of these guys make an impact fantasy wise in their rookie season. Yeah. So, um, Riley Ridley has a famous brother.
1: Oh, I, yeah. Ridley is no production, poor athlete, but he pops Mm. on film. Watch watch the tape. Sure. I don't care.
0: (laughs) Paris Campbell.
1: (laughs) Most boring watch of the wide receivers this year. And that's not necessarily because of him, but Ohio State just uses so boring. (laughs) I mean, they just use him on like drags and slants and like, cool. He sits down in the middle of his own coverage and then runs fast to get tackled very quickly. He's one—and maybe this could actually challenge you that if you're going to watch him, you've got to really watch him closely to see, like, hey, is there any more to this guy's game? And I think maybe there is, but I, I was—I dis- mentioned a couple podcasts ago that uh, DJ told me that I was really going to like Paris Campbell. I was like, mm. ah, boring, DJ.
0: Well, I was told that I was going to like his teammate, Terry McLaurin, who might be even boringer. He's more like, boring.
1: He's He at least makes some, like, interesting-looking downfield catches every now and again. I also think the production was so— um, spread out? Well, yeah. this is the thing with Ohio State, right? Like, I've had a couple people say, like, yeah, there's more to Paris Campbell's game, and this isn't a reason to, for sure, say, yeah, for sure, he, he'll he be better in the pros than he was in college, but sure as hell it wouldn't be the first time that an Ohio State offensive skill position player uh, was, you know, not maximized in college. Sure. Curtis Samuel, I think, is an example. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is the most famous example.
0: Oh, dude, the Cur- uh, Michael Thomas was, like, Told to sit. He, he like spent five years in college, seven years in college or something. He was like told to sit. At, I think he transferred and then was he
1: was the good, not was even the, a red he shirt. Was the like redshirt. Like Richard is sophomore year. Yeah. that year. If yeah. you were on fantasy Twitter, he was the bad Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Jokes on those people.
0: What about um little Andy Isabella?
1: I think Andy Isabella. I've heard people make this comp, so it's not original. I think Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, I think, was the first one I saw make. Former Bachelor contestant Mike Renner. I know. Um, Yeah, he was the one who said that he's like Brandon Cooks because people want to put Andy Isabella in the slot because he's white and small. But I actually think he is more like a Brandon Cooks vertical type threat. But if he gets pressed, just like if Brandon Cooks gets pressed, Mm. he's in trouble.
0: Stanley Morgan Jr.
1: My favorite day three receiver by far. Um, I think he excels. At the catch point, I think he's a good route runner. I think he's pretty solid off the line of scrimmage. But, uh, yeah, to me, I, I really, really liked Stanley Morgan Jr. is the only guy that I know is going to go day three. Him and, like, Nicole Hardman were the only two guys that I think really stood out from these late later round guys.
0: Ball skills. That's what I, exactly. I mean. Number one, ball skills. Yeah. He can he can and will Tough. stiff arm, spin, hurdle past defenders. It doesn't matter. And, I again, that's part of the reason I like Debo. So I love that piece of his game, the ability to just be dynamic in traffic, fearless over the middle. Lots of technique. I think a nice, diverse route tree has stems, not just branches.
1: Remember when I said at the beginning that like there's so many of these guys that we're just never going to talk about again because.
0: Depending on where they land. This could be a guy we talk about
1: depending De- on where he lives. And because I think he has the qualities like Rashard Higgins is a great example. Rashard Higgins is not, you know, developed into a star. He's had his moments in the sun, but he has good technique and he's tough. That's why he's stuck. I think that. Stanley Morgan has good technique and he's tough. And I think that's why it, as a day three draft pick, we could hear from him at some point.
0: We're going to get to this voicemail, which I hear is a doozy. Before before yeah, I'm, we I'm really do that, hold that. on. Hottest take you have either about one of the receivers we talked about or about any of the receivers we discussed. Just hottest receiver take you could possibly
1: come up with. Hottest receiver take. I mean, I think Miles Boykin is number one receiver is kind of a hot take.
0: Okay. Yeah. I would say Jacoby Myers, who we did not discuss, is a better receiver than Calvin Harmon.
1: Nice. I don't. I didn't watch this Jacoby Myers. I person will tell yet. you while
0: I was watching Calvin Harmon's tape, I was like, "Who's this other guy?" <laughs> Let me go watch this guy.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. All right. So producer Brett, we're sorry. All
1: right, guys, just be. Just be careful answering this one, all right? That's all I I have to say. Here Uh, we go. Okay. Hey there, guys. This is Derek in Rochester. I have a fantasy question and then a non-fantasy question. The fantasy question is, I'm in a keeper league. Who do I keep? I have to give up draft positions for it. Do I keep Houston quarterback uh, for a third round, Lamar Jackson for my last round, or carry on johnson for a like a sixth or a seventh round and then my non fantasy question is who on your staff would you marry date or kill
0: oh I, <laughs>
1: should we take the fantasy one first <laughs> i can't believe you said marry date kill instead of marry nah, kill no nah, nah, nah,
0: nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it's the second one Matt. Jesus, it's the second one Max. today jesus Sorry.
1: There, every right. every bleep costs $5 it's not an expensive my, sound cue. Not my $5. That's sign sine wave.
0: All right. So, Derek in Rochester, New York, your Keeper League. I think that I – why are you looking at me like that? I'm looking at oh. you because Liz,
1: Liz is a professional. Whenever there's a keep this guy, this guy, this guy, or should I flex this guy, this guy, this guy, she immediately – clicks the pen I write them all down. It down. yes so, uh, my my fish brain is already forgotten
0: deshaun watson for a third or oh. lamar jackson for your final i think you keep deshaun watson
1: wait i thought Carryon johnson was involved it, here. that's
0: also that's the second part of the question the first part of the question oh deshaun watson for a third lamar jackson for the final round of his draft
1: keep the cheaper guy quarterbacks don't matter keep the cheaper guy I say keep Lamar. I
0: don't think Lamar is going to last, so uh, I would say. Yeah, but
1: then you just pick up some other rain. I would say Deshaun Watson. I'm
0: keeping Deshaun Watson. I think he's a next Third level. Third pick.
1: That's a. That's a bad idea, dude. Don't listen to Liz. All
0: right. So, um, or carry on Johnson for, he said a sixth or a seventh. Let's say seventh. Do you keep carry on Johnson for a seventh round pick?
1: Both, either yes. of those. I mean, a start again, quarterbacks don't matter. A, a starting.
0: Running backs don't matter. Quarterbacks don't matter. Running backs don't matter in
1: the real NFL. In fantasy don't football, quarterbacks fantasy. don't matter. Sure.
0: I. I um, so, yeah. And I
1: like carry on Johnson.
0: I like him a lot, too. So, I'm with you on that. If you can only keep one of these guys, keep carry On Johnson and get rid of the other two. Yeah. I would keep Watson over Lamar Jackson. Matt disagrees. Uh, Matt, who are you marrying, dating, or killing?
1: So we're talking... Just like uh, the other fantasy analysts, I assume. Yeah, we, I can't go through the entire company. You can probably do the company. You can pick the whole. Oh, see the everyone to kill us again. We got a lot of problems with a lot of people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we work with a lot of really great people. I don't know who am I who do I want to kill. Who's the oldest? I mean, basically they're oh my closest to the grave, anyways. Um,
0: so I am going to. Mary tank williams because mm-hmm. i think he'd be hilarious i watch him on Great instagram bomb. that too for february flow man. sense of humor yeah right. sense of humor keep me laughing for life he wears cargo shorts um i would probably date Are you... can we get fired for this
1: if no. anyone listens maybe but
0: i would date kendall in social media Sure. Oh wow! Because she's fun and she likes beer and she makes me laugh.
1: See, I think, but this guy wants us to hear us talk about people he knows, don't you? Like, you know, I, I'm I, I'm going to stick to just other analysts with my answer. You know, for the for however the you want to answer it is fine.
0: We just need to answer it.
1: Okay. And
0: I would probably kill Matt Harmon.
1: <laughs> I knew that was coming from a mile away. Wow. Well, that hurt my feelings. No, it deeply. didn't. Yeah, you're right. It didn't. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna date Brad that could Evans? be yeah that could be fun, <laughs> That's a it, fun would, date. it would end up like most of my relationships you know utterly in flames um who so are you marrying who am i marrying i think i'm gonna marry andy
0: oh that i should have married andy Too you're bad, totally buddy. right i'm, I'm, I'm to... marrying andy yeah uh,
1: andy is reliable andy is uh, oh, sneaky funny i think
0: crazy good wit
1: yeah great wit um you know <sighs> who am i gonna kill <laughs> Who am I going to kill? Well, I'm not going to kill Liz because I'm not an a**. like I'm just going to kill the person in my in the room with me. I'm not going to kill Brett because I already have to kill him with too many bleeps in this show. Ravi, no, I'm gonna. Th- I, I you're would- <laughs> already married to Ravi. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I need ra I need Ravi. That's the problem. He, he, he shoots too many of my videos. I think I'd probably kill Jason. Um, our boss (laughs) (laughs) he's your boss not my boss remember but um the only reason i think i'd kill jason is because he's such a nice understanding guy that if i told him like look dude i have to do this okay i i i don't have a choice i have to kill like he's the one who wouldn't take it personally there are other people that we work with that would really take it personally if i had to kill them like liz if i had to kill you you would you would guilt trip the hell out of me i would never be able to go through with it i think jason if i just explained it to him rationally look Man. Are you calling me irrational? Not directly.
0: <laughs> All right. So we have our answers. That's tank. tough. I
1: don't want to kill Jason. He's such a nice guy. Can I kill myself? Sure. I mean, I already did. Yeah. So. I mean, Liz already killed me. I just killed myself. I mean, <laughs> this is so.
0: This, this is got a, real dark, Brad. I don't what I'm know. This this was, a
1: tough, this was a tough voicemail. But also, it's like leaning in the direction of the kind of voicemails we want on this true, show: personal true. advice. I kill. I could kill Mauricio. He's so nice and calm too. Oh, he'd, he'd accept it as well. I would marry he,
0: Mauricio. Actually, he. You know what? Mauricio responds to your damn emails so fast. That oh, yeah. is the. I love that. He is. Efficient. He is wonderful.
1: Woo. We work with a real a lot of really great people. Um, I don't want to kill any of them. I'm who, sorry, Jason, if you're listening. I'm sorry. That I killed who did I first. say I wanted to date? First, you said Kendall. Yeah. Social. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Did I still say I want to date her? Sure. So, next week, after this voicemail, uh, we're going to take some time off, hopefully not because we've been excused from our positions, but because Matt, producer Brett, and I are all going to be in Nashville for the drafts. Horse song!
1: Playing the <laughs> horse song on repeat.
0: But on the Monday and Tuesday immediately after, we'll have a special two-part draft recap for you. So, be on the lookout for that and subscribe to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paylor. They're doing a ton of great pre-draft coverage right now, and you may be hearing their voices on this podcast very soon. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That over there is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We'll see you in Nash Vegas and we out.
1: I hope we make it to that podcast.